The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. An appalling disregard for the principles of equity, fairness and transparency in the treatment of staff. That was how Minister for Media Catherine Martin responded to a report into a voluntary exit scheme at RTE. Now, joining me to talk about all of this is uh, Emma O'Kelly, chair of the Dublin Broadcasting Branch of the NUJ and RT's education correspondent. But first, uh, Kieran Malouli, former Midlands correspondent for RT. Good morning, Kieran. Good morning, Pat. What is your reaction to the latest revelations about RT and the exit packages? Well, I suppose as somebody who went through the process myself in the 2021 package, I'm quite shocked and stunned by the uh, contents of the McCann Fitzgerald report. And for one basic reason, uh, when I went through the redundancy process in RT in 2021, the executive board were involved at a high level in reviewing the case I I made or my application for redundancy. And in fact, I remember quite well, uh, there was quite a considerable delay while my application was being considered. And what stands out in the McCann Fitzgerald report published yesterday was the fact that, uh, you know, inexplicably, uh, the application for voluntary redundancy prepared by Brito Keith, former CFO, never made it to the executive committee, was never approved by the executive committee. It doesn't seem to have been discussed in any context by the executive committee, yet was approved, and uh, the CFO was allowed to, to leave the organisation. In fact, it, it becomes even more bizarre, Pat, when you actually read it, because it, it turns out that not only did the CFO not become redundant immediately, uh, her replacement was effectively employed while she was still on site. So we had an extraordinary situation that uh, a redundancy uh, didn't happen straight away. Two CFOs were on site in RT for yeah. a period of time when clearly there was no saving being made to the organisation. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how long that period of time was, but there would be, probably with a job like a CFO, a handover period where uh, the, the new CFO would be shown the ropes. Absolutely, and one would expect that in any position. But the difficulty uh, for RTE management at the time, the former Director General, D. Forbes, is presumably uh, the person, based on McCann's report, presumably the person many of these questions will go to. But the the difficulty with all of this is this so-called business case that was being put forward by Breda O'Keefe, according to the report, uh, whereby at some point in in the discussion uh, on her application for redundancy in the organisation, it was suggested that savings would be made on the basis of the appointment of a colleague in the organisation to take over the role. Now, this to me is absolutely extraordinary. Uh, I find this uh, difficult to to understand as, a, as an employee of, of RTE myself over the years that anybody going forward seeking redundancy uh, uh, could make a business proposal, and this could be accepted by the organisation, that you're going to save €200,000 down the road because you're not going to employ an external a person. How could anyone make that uh, suggestion? How could yeah. that suggestion be taken well, seriously? Well, I mean, the only conclusion you could draw is that um, two people were not very busy <laughs> within the organisation, uh, so one could do the job. But it, it's an extraordinary proposal, and it's a proposal which should have been cast out, should have been dismissed, absolutely dismissed on day one, uh, that, you know, we are not going to advertise this position externally. The CFO's position, Norty, one of the most incredibly important roles in the organisation and that the suggestion is you're going to save the money because you're going to appoint somebody who's well got in the organisation, who's capable of doing it perhaps, but we're going to ignore process. We're going to ignore the, uh, uh, and you know, there would have been an outcry if the CFO's Mm. position wasn't advertised externally. 
in my, in, my, in the terms of RT's position. So I find that deeply disquieting. And I suppose if anything, you know, after the McCann re- report findings, it suggests that, again, it suggests a process of, of irregularity within the management of RT at that time. Now, Absolutely extraordinary suggestions. Um, over the years, and I've seen redundancy programmes come and go, um, often what will happen is a redundancy programme will, will be designed and the criteria will be laid out quite clearly. So you could look at it and decide, well, should I go? Should I stay? What's in it for me to stay? What's in it for me to go? How close am I to pension? All of those kind of things. In other words, the rules of the scheme will be laid down clearly. Um, I'm wondering were the rules of the scheme absolutely laid down clearly and the only issue is whether or not someone... Uh, could be allowed to depart without damaging the organisation. Well, in other words, in your case, for example, as a correspondent, a valued correspondent, well, I, I you, the, the executive board didn't want to let you go necessarily because you were doing a great job. Uh, so they, it wasn't an argument about money or severance. It was an argument about your value. Yeah, and I can understand in, in an organisation, I mean, the two schemes were very different. 2017 and 2021, as, as reported by McCann's, were very different schemes. There was a huge uptake on 2017, and a significant number of people were allowed to go. Uh, the situation had changed by, by the period of uh, 2021 came along. It was a much lower number of applications and a much lower number of people were, were allowed to go. So, But remember, within the, uh, the, the McCann report finds that RT had to find cost savings. This is the critical factor here. They had to find uh, applications that were going to save them up to 80% of a cost. And, you know, in my case, and, and I was very clear about this from, from day one, my, my job was being suppressed. I was being told uh, by management that you're being allowed to leave the organization because your position has been suppressed. Remember, RT were looking, the RT Newsroom was looking for savings of 1.2 million euro at the time I left. Uh, lots of jobs had not been filled. I think of Ingrid, Ingrid Miley, my former colleague who retired as the industrial relations correspondent. The job was never filled. Uh, the position was left. A number of these uh, positions had to be backfilled as well. A number of people had gone already in the organisation. So I suppose the management were, were juggling what they could, who they could let go, whose positions they could uh, fill, uh, backfill, uh, and that was taken into consideration when they were doing it. But they certainly weren't making arrangements for filling positions uh, with, with, uh, with candidates for, for, on lower salaries. That was never a suggestion that was entertained, nor should it be entertained in any organisation. I think it's, it's highly irregular practice. What was happening? What was happening in the case of Breed O'Keefe in the in the twenty seventy? Quite different to the twenty twenty one. And we also should point out, past that McCann's effectively said yesterday there were no irregularities with regard to the twenty twenty one redundancy scheme. Kieran Maluli, a former RT Midlands correspondent and now community worker. Kieran, thank you very much for joining us. Good morning, Pat. And listening to us, Emma O'Kelly, chair of the Dublin Broadcasting Branch of the NUJ, and of course RT's education correspondent. Emma, good morning. Good morning, Pat. I presume you share the dismay of Kieran. Uh, yeah, dismay and disgust. That's what staff are feeling in RTE, disgust. And really, also, we are feeling that we are really, really, really sick and tired of all this. We are sick and tired of finding out yet again about the double standards in the organisation that we work for. We know also that the public, the people who tune into to RTE to listen and to watch, that they too are sick and tired of all this. And we want to say, we need to say, we share that disgust. And just to give you one example, Pat, a latest example of the dual standards in RTE, um, I'll give just, this is something that happened yesterday that many people have been drawing this, this parallel. Um, we had a meeting yesterday before this report was published. Kevin Backhurst uh, met staff 
um, across the organization. And we heard at that meeting uh, from a colleague who described how she is terrified of being penniless in her old age because of the fact that for many long years, RTE claimed that she was self-employed when in fact she should have been properly employed by the organisation and she was denied access to a pension as a result. So we have, and she's challenging this and unbelievably RTE is fighting her on this. So staff in RTE hear stories like this from colleagues and they contrast it, of course, with what we discovered yesterday about this private under the radar redundancy package that was a deal that was done between the Director General and her Chief Financial Officer that didn't go through the proper mm. channels, uh, for example, didn't go to the Executive Board. Yeah. So that's... No, that's no, it is extraordinary, Emma, over the years. You see ads um, nowadays, I suppose, on social media and on the website, but uh, it used to be in the newspapers whenever a position was being advertised because it was a semi-state organisation. Uh, it was advertised you know, publicly and anyone could apply um, and it would seem on the face of it that a CFO is such an important job and that perhaps you sometimes need fresh eyes in a job like that. Um, it would be extraordinary that you just have, if you like, promotion from within without any public advertising. Uh, absolutely. And I mean, this is what was was suggested uh, or proposed, we heard in this report. But of course, they did need to advertise and they advertised externally and they got a, a, a replacement uh, for Breda O'Keefe. And also, Pat, I need to say that, you know, again, I was thinking back to that time, 2019, 2020, uh, that was the time when staff in the organisation were being told that the, the, the organisation's finances were so bad uh, that RT's very existence was under threat. And we had a meeting, a private meeting with senior representatives from the trade union group that Breda O'Keefe was at, uh, where this dire and bleak picture, uh, financial picture, was painted to staff representatives. And this was all about telling staff, you need to take a pay cut. We need to cut your pay because things are so dire. And again, yesterday, we discovered that one of those very people in that room at that time already had in her back pocket at uh, this agreement uh, that she would be able to leave on this redundancy. And again, as I say, not going through the proper channels. Now, one, one of the uh, things that's being reported uh, in the newspapers today on foot of that report is that, um, you know, perhaps this tax due paid to be paid perhaps by RTE or by the individual uh, herself. But I'm just thinking back to all the redundancy schemes they had over the years. They were normally laid out and you as an employee could actually work out. You could just look at the scheme. How many years service have I had? Um, you know, how attractive it is for me. But it would be laid out quite clearly what you were entitled to. And I'm, I'm just struggling to understand why that might not have been the case for Breed O'Keefe or for indeed for anyone who got, uh, you know, what amounts to maybe a very nice uh, farewell package. But was it not laid down in the scheme transparently what each and every individual who might take it was entitled to? Um, yes, Pat. I mean, you know, if you look at RT WhatsApp groups last night and this morning, uh, there there are huge concerns being expressed about uh, the redundancies that were offered in RT, and they go beyond uh, this one uh, case that we're we're focusing on for all the right reasons. But there's grave 
disquiet and and concern around how RTE uses offers severance packages and redundancies in general. And and even just to go back to what Kieran Malouli was saying, and obviously, you know, Kieran's was completely different, and I know his did go through proper procedures, but the upshot of that redundancy of our Midlands correspondent into my understanding of what happened was that the Dublin correspondent position was was suppressed as a result and was left vacant and is still vacant. Uh, so, so you know, we need to look at redundancies in the in a very wide and broad way. If you make a position redundant, uh, you are cutting staffing, and that has a negative impact. It has a negative impact on people working at the station, but also. On output, I mean, if you take, we've had no Dublin correspondent uh, because because uh, uh, redundancy was offered elsewhere. If you take what's been happening in the capital with rioting, with homelessness, all the issues, the public has nobody, no dedicated reporter in RTE looking at this area. Mm. Um, and but isn't, isn't that well one of which, the perhaps criticisms of RTE that, uh, you know, you might have correspondence for this, that and the other? And they might not contribute to a bulletin for days on end because there was nothing really happening in their areas or they might be covering their brief. But the editor on the day would say, that's not going to make it into my bulletin. There's too much else happening. So, the, the, you know, maybe a, a fresh look at the way the newsroom is constructed where you've got, you know, have have um, camera and microphone will travel and they can be deployed to whatever area in the country well, that, the need I mean, is greatest. Yeah, but Pat, that, that, that happens all the time. It happens every day of the week. If you look at our regional correspondents, uh, they travel huge and great distances to ensure that the coverage is right across. Even if something isn't happening in their patch, they're in their car, they're traveling long hours to get to where, where it's going on. And any correspondent who's not on air, and I know this is one of them, it's not because they're sitting at home, you know, drumming their fingers, waiting for something to happen in their patch. You know, uh, being an expert in an area requires an awful lot of digging, an awful lot of hard work. So there's the dual thing going on. There's mm. working and hitting the ground running on the days that there's something urgent that needs to be done, but there's a lot of background. Yeah. And, now, and now one one, one of the well. key things here, I suppose, is that, you know, the management can tend to look after themselves. That's the nature of management in, you know, whether it's the HSE or RTE or ESB, you know, managers who uh, maybe even design schemes um, can make sure that they are well looked after. One of the issues is probably when people are told, sorry, you can't go because you're too good a cameraman, too good a reporter, too good a researcher, too good a producer, whatever. You can't go uh, because you're going to be hard. Your talents are going to be hard to replace. Whereas if you're in the office block, off you go. You you get it. You know, the, the transparency that seems to be absent in who's entitled to depart if they want to and who is not. Yeah, and there's no transparency. And like a, a colleague was texting me just about half an hour ago, making that point. So many people had applied in their department and they were told, no, they can't go because they can't lose headcounts. And this person is making the point that that doesn't seem to apply uh, when you're talking about a chief financial officer or other people in other areas. And Pat, I should also just draw attention to what's going on currently in RTE among staff. Staff are feeling really, really vulnerable at the moment. Uh, we are undergoing staffing cuts. There are staff being told they're being let go. These are people on fixed term contracts who are walking out the door with no uh, no payment at all and no entitlement to one. Other staff are being moved around. Um, and uh, at this huge time of, of, of upheaval, there is no trust in staff. They have no confidence 
in that they will be treated fairly by by senior management, by HR. And in fact, most often the assumption when people come to say the NUJ with an issue that needs to be raised, the assumption is that RTE is not going to treat them fairly. And that's a very bad state of affairs to be in. The final point, I suppose, in RTE's favour is that if you have open season on redundancies, suddenly key people doing very important jobs, you know, with a lifetime of training behind them, uh, want out the door, not in a planned way because they would go normally at 65 or whatever, uh, but in, you know, a more abrupt way because of a redundancy package. And the organisation learned in the past that some great people left because they couldn't stop them because of a redundancy package. And they tend to build in now these protections for themselves. If you want to go, you go without redundancy, just resign like anyone could. But if you want the redundancy package, I'm sorry, we're going to decide whether or not you are so valuable to the organisation that you cannot be let go now. What do you say to that? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 we're, we're going to see all this played out again because there are going to be more redundancies. And I'd put a question back. I would ask, why is it, uh, and I think I know the answer to this, unfortunately, but why is it in the first place that so many people want to leave this organisation? I mean, that's a question that needs to be asked. I would also like RTE uh, to be conducting exit interviews with people who do want to leave. Like, what's so wrong with the place that so many people want to leave the organisation? So there, there are other questions that, 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 that I would like to, to know about. And also, just to go back to what is causing all this as well is really important. All of this is happening because RTE has to make cost savings. And the reason why RTE has to make cost savings is because we have for decades at this stage been absolutely starved of public funding. And we met the Minister Catherine Martin this week. I was really uh, glad to, 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 to sit in front of a minister who I felt was listening. And there was a, there was an, a level of agreement around this, that a lot of uh, the problems that uh, have been, happened in RTE have been caused, uh, but their their origin in is in the the underfunding uh, of RTE. Now that is in no way to excuse uh, the behaviour of some at senior management mm. levels, which which has been absolutely app- appalling and should never have happened. Emma Kelly, chair of the Dublin Broadcasting Branch of the NUJ, RTE's education correspondent. Emma, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.